Hey everyone, I'm Jen Garrett and welcome to the Move the Ball podcast. On this podcast, we are going to talk about how to succeed in business and in life by putting winning strategies into practice to help you advance faster. So if you're looking to move forward and reach that next level of greatness, then you are in the right place. Now get ready. Let's suit up, show up, and move the ball. Hey everyone, Jen Garrett here. It's so great to be back with you on another episode of Move the Ball. Today, inside the huddle with us and ready to help us to move the ball is Mr. Lee Steinberg. Lee has spent over 40 years representing athletes and using the power of sports to make a positive impact on society. Lee has represented some of the most successful athletes and coaches across many different sports, including representing the number one overall draft pick in the NFL draft for an unprecedented eight times and has also had 62 first-round draft picks. Lee has also secured over $3 billion for his 300-plus pro-athlete clients and directed more than $750 million to various charities. It is without question that Lee knows how to move the ball. Lee, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jennifer. Well, I'm so excited to have you here. After we chatted at the NFL Combine back in February, I've really been looking forward to having you on the show, eight number one draft picks, negotiating deals for megastars like Troy Aikman, Steve Young back in the day, Patrick Mahomes, other notable athletes like Oscar De La Hoya and Lennox Lewis. You are a superstar, Lee, and thank you again for being with us. And you just have such an amazing career. You've previously said, if you were thinking about the pantheon of agent satisfaction, one thing would be to have a quarterback in the Super Bowl another to have a top draft pick, and the third would be to have players in the Hall of Fame. And you have all three of those. How does that feel for you? It really is an exultant feeling. It doesn't happen every year. And to have a player in the Super Bowl is already a lot of fun because for those players, it's the ultimate goal that they have every year. To have a quarterback who then is the MVP That's the penultimate, and that was Patrick Mahomes this year. And then to have a quarterback picked at the top of the draft who could potentially be number one, which is Tua Tonga-Gailoa, is very exciting. And he's a really high character, maximally talented athlete. And then we had Edger and James go into the Hall of Fame, the running back who spent most of his career with the Indianapolis Colts. So it was a really blessed time, and it continues to be as we head towards the draft. Not only are they fabulous athletes, but Edrin went back and endowed a full scholarship at the University of Miami, and Patrick Mahomes has Charitable Foundation 15 in the Mahomes, and I'm sure that two will be a role model also. Yes, and I am an Alabama alum. So I'm definitely a Tua fan and I know he's going to do great things as he continues on, you know, in the NFL and and beyond. So I'm excited to see. We also have Jerry Judy, the wide receiver for your viewing pleasure. Yes, I love Jerry Judy. He's got so much heart. He's so exciting to see on the field. So I'm really excited for both of those guys in the draft. So let's step back and chat about how you got into the sports agent world. You went to undergrad and law school at Cal Berkeley graduated in 1973. At what point did you decide that you wanted to get into this line of work and represent athletes? Well, there was nothing to aspire to, Jennifer. I was going to law school, but there really was no organized field of sports agentry. I thought I would 
probably be a district attorney. I wanted to go to court. So I was a dorm counselor in an undergrad dormitory, and they moved the freshman football team into the dorm. And one of the students, the quarterback, was Steve Bartkowski. So I had traveled after the law school, and I got back, and I was choosing between job offers. And the 1975 draft had happened. Back then, it was in January. And Steve Barkowski was the first pick overall, the first pick in the first round. And he asked me to represent him. So there I was, brimming with legal experience, <laughs> never having uh, practiced. And I had the first pick in the first round of the draft. Well, there was a world football league competing against the NFL. So there was leverage, and we ended up getting the largest rookie contract in NFL history. Now, it was a time when a, there was no guaranteed right of representation for a player. So a team could just slam down the phone and say, we don't deal with agents. And I learned very quickly when we arrived at the Atlanta airport and there were fleet lights flashing in the sky. A huge crowd was pressed up against a police line. And the first thing we heard was, we interrupt the Johnny Carson show to bring you a special news bulletin. Steve Bartkowski and his attorney, Lee Steinberg, have just arrived at the Atlanta airport. We switch you live for an in-depth interview. I knew we weren't in California anymore. And I saw the tremendous idol worship and veneration that athletes are held in communities across the country. And I thought they could retrace their roots and go back to the high school, collegiate, and professional community and put together programs that would enhance the quality of life. My dad had raised me with two core values. One was treasure relationships, especially family. And the second was to try to make a meaningful difference in the world and help people who couldn't help themselves. So I was looking for a way to make a difference in the society. And I saw we could do it through athletes and role modeling. Thank you for sharing that story. And the sports agent world, it's a, it's a highly competitive industry. Share with us, what were some of the things that you did early on in your career to position you for continued success? So first of all, it was the philosophy of profiling potential clients and only taking those that would understood their power as role models. So we asked them to go back to the high school community and set up a scholarship fund or work with uh, a boys and girls club or a church. And then at the collegiate level to bond with the alums and to be part of the larger college community. I mentioned Edgar and James, Troy Aikman's endowed a full scholarship at UCLA. Uh, Steve Young at BYU, Kerry Collins at Penn State, and then at the professional level, set up a charitable foundation that would make an impact and a difference. So work done, the former running back just put the 175th single mother and her family in the first home they'll ever own by making the down payment and having Home Depot outfitted. So it's athletes changing lives. So by having a really strong philosophy that was holistic, that understood an athlete as a whole human being, establishing them as a role model, and then uh, making sure that we were focused on second career, 
we're able to attract the type of people that we're interested in. And one of the keys, Jennifer, is listening skills. People think it's always suasion, the ability to speak well. No, it's creating enough space around another human being, a trust factor, and getting them to share their deepest anxieties and fears and their greatest hopes and dreams. So you connect and bond at a deep emotional level. You need to peel back the layers of the onion and understand how someone feels about short-term economic gain and long-term economic security, geographic location, spiritual values, family uh, profile, endorsements, uh, making a difference in the world. And if it's sports, the sports considerations, winning, being a starter, the quality of coaching, the system they play, and the, and the facilities, that constellation of values is going to fit differently into different people's lives. So if you want to effectively learn how to fulfill someone's unique goals, you need to learn how to carefully listen. Agreed. And I think that's something that a lot of us don't appreciate the importance of listening. So often people just want to speak right? And they're not taking the time to listen. So I appreciate you sharing that. I'm an attorney as well. And in being around the world of sports, a lot of people will reach out to me, sharing their interest in possibly being a sports agent, asking questions about what, what is it like? I'm not an agent, but I, I know a lot of them. And so they just try to get my insights. What advice would you give to those who are considering being in this field? Well, first of all, we do an education series, which we've done across the country. I do this with our director or vice president of media, Julia Farron, and our really talented younger agent, our president, Chris Cabot. But we do a sports career conference where you get a taste of every aspect of being in the sports field. And we also do an agent academy where you come and we talk to you about the field, but you also get up and you have to recruit a parent and an actual athlete. And you negotiate a contract either as an agent or a general manager and all the rest. And we hold those all across the country in Los Angeles and New York and Chicago and, and Dallas they're obviously on uh, hiatus now, but they'll be going again. So come to that. It will jumpstart your career. The thing I think you need to study is psychology. If you can understand why people act the way they do and have some semblance of prediction of their behavior, that's really important. Business skills are also important. The best way to break into any field in sports is get an internship, get inside an organization. And if you're getting an internship, put together a dynamic resume. Use visual skills. Someone applied to our firm and issue of Sports Illustrated came to our office. Only this was different because on the cover was a young man and myself. And inside, the issue is cleverly done with the font, the pictures, Sports Illustrated. 
it was identical to a Sports Illustrated, but every single article was about how this young man had enhanced our firm in terms of recruiting, client maintenance, everything. It was clever. It showed me visual skills. It showed me marketing skills. It spoke directly to our needs. So if you want to get that job, don't just put together a paper resume. Those are fine, but get into the heart and mind of the person who's making that decision and blow them away. No, that's great advice of being innovative, thinking out of the box. It's so cliche, but it is. It's thinking about how can you come across in a way that you're going to be remembered and showing your value. So thank you for that. And thank you for sharing about your conferences too. We will be sure to have all the details on the website in the show notes. So once we're out of this uh, coronavirus situation, people can, can register and hopefully attend some of your seminars. So for some of those who aren't familiar with the world of being a sports agent, give us a feel for what a day in the life of Lee Steinberg looks like. Do you have a morning routine and walk us through what a day looks like for you? So there's three phases of agentry. One is recruiting. So that involves talking to usually a parent who is the screener. So we're in the early stages of recruiting now for the 2021 draft. So it's finding out who the screener is. Usually we wouldn't talk to a player till maybe the end of the season. So we're talking to parents right now. So early phase of that. The second is contract negotiation. We have some veterans who may get into contract negotiations, so it would be preparing most veteran negotiations are done through the theory of comparability. So you take the player, you look at his stats, you look at how he's done in terms of honors. So if you had a running back, you'd look at what his average was per carry, the number of yards he had overall, the number of touchdowns, and you'd make comparisons to other running backs around the league, see how much they're paid and put together a packet to argue that. The third phase is client maintenance. So part of that is endorsements, but part of that also is like our VP of media will help them with uh, establishing websites and putting things together. So my day will be combination of writing articles, um, doing press, talking to clients, it's being part of every one of those different aspects. So it varies day to day. I also carve out a fair amount of time to work on charitable and community projects. So depending on the season, it could be going to games. We're starting with football, but we've done baseball and basketball in the past, and we'll be branching out in short order into those fields. But it's going to events that clients have. We have a crop of rookies. We're in cessation now, but normally at this time of year, it would be going to pro scouting days on uh, college campuses, watching them work out and talking to scouts. And I go to a series of banquets. So it'd be moving around the country. So this is very abnormal. So you mentioned you're with supporting nonprofit organizations. So 
I know that you are, are very involved in a lot of different things. You've distinguished yourself from others in your profession through your passion for giving to those who are less fortunate and helping to make the world a better place. Share with us some of the amazing organizations you have been involved with and, and how you're really to making a positive impact on this world. Well, concussion is a issue that I've been very passionate about and have tried to focus on athletic concussion, which has the effect long-term of causing dementia, higher rates of Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, premature senility, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, and depression. So I've been active as a spokesman for awareness, prevention, and cure, and also finding whether it's nutraceuticals or pharmaceuticals or helmetry or different blocking and tackling techniques or not hitting at all in a sport like football, but it goes beyond that. It goes to AYSO AYSO soccer. It goes to hockey, field hockey, but there's that. I was uh, involved in an anti-bullying program, which was called Hear Us. Part of the premise is that if you take pro athletes and college athletes and they work with high school athletes to be the promoters of tolerance, put their arm around someone who's the butt of all jokes, because they sit on top of the food chain, they can turn the culture of a high school around real fast and make it be a tolerant place rather than a place where people are bullied for how they look or how they talk or being in an ethnic group or being overweight or uh, whatever it is. I've been very involved in the environment in trying to slow down climate change because I think it's the existential threat of our time. But you can go on and on, whether it's domestic violence. We had a client, Lennox Lewis, cut a public service announcement he was the heavyweight boxing champion that said, real men don't hit women. He could permeate the perceptual screen that rebellious adolescents put up against authority figures to do more to influence their attitudes towards domestic violence than a hundred authority figures could. I want to just talk about a couple of players Real quickly, we mentioned Patrick Mahomes briefly earlier. Aside from the incredible talent that he has, what in your mind separates him from other NFL players? What qualities does he have that are important for all of us to apply off the field to be successful? So when you see a successful player on the field, it's like looking at the top of an iceberg, which appears above the water. And down below is this prodigious breadth of an iceberg. So you'll see a Patrick Mahomes on the field. What you don't see is a prodigious work ethic. So he's someone who watches film, who works out all year round, who never gets out of shape, who studies film, studies his playbook, is first there at the complex, last out. So work ethic. Great athlete like Patrick has the ability in crisis, in adversity, you know, thrown a couple interceptions, the crowd is booing, the center's looking at the quarterback like he's on hallucinogens, uh, the game's getting out of hand. The ability in that circumstance to adopt a quiet mind, 
to compartmentalize, to forget what's happened before, and to elevate his level of play, to put a team on his back and take them down the field and overcome. So it's that ability to focus, concentrate, and adopt a quiet mind. I just want to mention Tua and Jerry Judy. Again, are there any other qualities in them that you think, I mean, both of them have amazing work ethics too. Is there anything about them that makes them special in your mind? I was with Jerry Judy at the Super Bowl, walking around with him. And we happened to run into Michael Irvin, and we happened to run into Jerry Rice. Clearly, for a young wide receiver, that would be an awe-inspiring moment. But Jerry took the time to ask Jerry Rice, what has been the key to your success? What has been the key to your longevity? He got an answer. But it's that relentless desire to be better. It's not sitting on your laurels, but it's what can I learn to get better? It's having the awareness of the moment. What can I draw out of this? You know, I'm with someone successful. And then instead of just BSing around and, you know, posing for a picture. With Tua, his religious faith and the strength of his family has him so grounded that he's unshakable. And his whole background, culture, faith means that that quality I described before in the Mahomes, he again can function in high-stress situations. Sure. And we've seen him do that. All three of these individuals are just fantastic, fantastic football players, but people above that. And you talk about the continuous improvement. I mean, one of Alabama's themes or hashtags they use often is outwork yesterday. And it's one of my favorites because all of us need to be focused on how we can improve and make those incremental changes, improvements in our lives to be better people, better leaders, better teammates, et cetera. Now, you've written many books in your, in your career. The most recent was The Agent, My 40-Year Career Making Deals and Changing the Game. Tell us a little bit more about what motivated you to write the book and share a little bit with us. Well, my first book was Winning with Integrity, which was a primer on the 12 essential steps of negotiation. The Agent is an autobiography. And I hesitated to do that because I was worried that if I told stories about specific individuals or gave away secrets, that it would ruin my relationship with uh, people. But I found a way to tell stories that wasn't obnoxious or, or troubling. I had struggled with alcohol in the 2000s and went to sober living. And so I was coming out of that period and I thought I had a lot of messages that I could deliver both in terms of how to recover, but also making a difference in the world, how people could do it, having passion for social justice. So And people always, including inspiring people that wanted to work in sports and the rest of it. So, and then I went on a book tour, which I took some time out of representing players. When I came back, I went and spoke on like 85 campuses and a book tour took me all across the country. It was a necessary and exciting step. 
So your book has 18 chapters. 18 is one of my favorite numbers. So I, I like that little uh, detail. Uh, is there any <laughs> chapter that really is your favorite chapter from the book? I think probably growing up because I wouldn't know what that chapter was. But I think the early part, because I got to talk about my parents and growing up and the values they instilled and my relatives, people that were important and what shaped me. Great. And tell people, what's the best way that they can check out your book? Probably Amazon, you know, ordering it. It's been a few years, so any of the services online that sell books. Okay. And we'll be sure to put links to the book and your other books as well in the show notes. So what I want to do now, Lee, is I want to transition to my two-minute drill, which is just seven fun questions that I'm just going to ask you kind of like in a speed round. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, here we go. What's your favorite food? Tacos. What's your favorite movie? The Godfather. What's your favorite sports team? The Dodgers. Okay. What is the best piece of advice you've gotten from a coach or a mentor? Make a difference in the world. I like that. And let's flip it now. What is the best piece of advice that you would give someone? <laughs> that's a it's a great piece of advice. I love it. So no, that's great. What is one thing that most people don't know about you? That I love to read. The last question is: If you could be any superhero, who would you be, and why? Superman, because he spends all his life helping the downtrodden. Got it. So as we close the show, any last thoughts for our listeners? We're in a very difficult time now. With all respect to people who are really suffering, the key is to think about what's possible in this time of quarantine. And it can be a time for reflection and reevaluating your values. It can be a time for bonding with friends and family. It can be a time to refresh your spiritual connection. It can be a time to to read. It can be a time to fix up your house. In other words, what can you do that's of value in this times? If you think about killing time, time's the only thing that we have that's irreplaceable. Right. Great thoughts. I think we all should spend some time as we're not all out there running around, hustling, bustling, commuting to work. It's a great time to reset, refocus, reassess our lives, reflect, and uh, really just focus on us a little bit. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you again so much, Lee, for being on the show. It was great chatting with you today. My pleasure. And thanks again, everyone, for listening. And we will talk to you next time. If you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.jenniferagarrett.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.